Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Helen. And this is the Squiggly Careers podcast, where every week we talk about a different topic to do with work and share some ideas and tools and actions that we hope will help you to just navigate this squiggly career with a bit more confidence, clarity and control. And regular listeners will know that all of our episodes are supported with some resources to help your listening go that little bit further. So we have got pod sheets, which are a one page summary of the ideas for action and some sort of questions to reflect on. We have also got pod mail, which pulls everything together. So make sure you're signed up for that if you want it in your inbox to make everything easy. And we've got pod plus, which is a weekly discussion that you can come to if you've got questions or you just want to hear what other listeners think about a topic. All the links to that stuff are on the show notes, so you can find it there. You can also go to our website, amazingif.com. And if you can't find any of that stuff, you can just email us. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. So in this week's podcast, we're talking about how bias can hold back your career development. And you always know a topic is important when it takes us a couple of times to actually get to recording it. We've done some research, we chatted it through, we've restructured it a few times. (laughs) So hopefully this will be something that makes sense and that feels useful for you. Because biases is a really big topic and there's a huge list of different biases. So it's really easy, I think, to get lost in this topic. But there are a few that we think can be particularly limiting for your learning and your career development. So we're going to dive into some of those. But just to start with what a bias is, it's an automatic way of thinking about something. Our brains actually really like them because they are shortcuts that help us to filter information. They help us to understand the world. The issue is, almost because our brains do like them, I think we attach ourselves to these biases. Sometimes we don't know about them. Even when we do know about them, sometimes we don't do much about them. We sort of let ourselves have them. And they are influenced by probably our background and our experiences. So we have to be quite proactive, I think, about understanding these biases and how they might get in our way. And as Sarah said, we are focusing on biases that hold back your career development. And we're differentiating from sort of systemic biases that are very, very important. Things like age bias, gender bias, bias around race. And there are some experts that we would recommend that you go to if you want some more information on those areas. So these are people like Viva Wittenberg-Cox, for example, on age, uh, Sophie Williams and Tolu Ferentu, both previous guests on our podcast that can give you some really expert insight into 
into gender and race bias as well. But we thought that our area of expertise was career development. And so we wanted to focus on the biases that hold that back. And what we have pulled out is three biases that we think are most significant. And for each one of them, we're going to talk about what the bias is. We're going to talk about the career development challenges that it creates. And then we've got some ideas for action that can increase your awareness and help you to move forward from it. So the first bias we're going to chat about is called affinity bias. And usually with these biases, the clue is a little bit in the title. So that's quite helpful to get us started. And with affinity bias, it's when we seek out and are more comfortable with people who we have things in common with. And that could be people who think a bit like us, people who we've got shared experiences with, people who share our values, and potentially even people who look like us. So I'm female, I might have more of an affinity with someone else who's female. I'm a mum, I might have more affinity with someone else who's a mum. And so I might have more affinity with people who've also worked in big companies because I'm like, oh, they're a bit like me. And we sort of attach ourselves to these people. And that can be a challenge because it can limit our learning in quite a few different ways. And so in terms of the career development challenges that this can lead to, the first thing is that your career community can become a bit of an echo chamber trap where you're all sort of reinforcing what each other thinks and you're not necessarily bringing in sort of new knowledge or new insights. You might also focus on strong ties versus weak ties. So we've actually done an episode on this before because the research shows that your opportunities for your career come from your weak ties. They're people that are a bit further away from what you do on a day-to-day basis. But because with affinity bias, we tend to spend time with people who are a bit like us, we're often focusing on those strong ties. So you might feel well supported, but over time, you're probably gonna weaken your career opportunities. And the third one, which I think is a bit nuanced, but I think it's important to recognise, is you're not really investing in the skill of collaborating with difference. If you're constantly sort of communicating with people that feel comfortable, we're not stretching that strength about, well, how do we create connection with people who feel different to us? And the more able we are to do that, the more diverse communities we build around our career. That's the real point. We're not developing that strength. So it can feel quite uncomfortable to ask this question, but obviously we always want to practice what we preach. So when you reflect on this one, Helen, how much do you think affinity bias shows up in your working week, for example? Mm, I think in my working week, my average working week, I think quite a lot. I think I spend time with some very similar people in some very similar ways. But I then I think I have moments in the month So I think that's probably what I do. And I'm I'm trying to do this more often. I think I have moments in the month where I spend time with people who have very different experiences and very different backgrounds. And I really enjoy those moments. I sometimes feel they're difficult. They definitely take more effort Mm. because I feel like I have to start more conversations. I have to ask more questions. But I always come back with sort of more insights that I wouldn't have predicted. Like, oh, isn't that interesting? I kind of, from those moments, I always have that. It's like, oh, isn't that interesting? But yeah, it's moments in a month not kind of my average working week, I would say. In my average working week, there's more affinity bias. What about you? I think similar. I definitely see it as an action around getting out of my comfort and challenge zone into my courage zone. And I think courage zone is, you know, often doing things you've not done before or where you know maybe they're going to be draining. Mm. I often do, like I actually had a conversation with somebody on Friday who was very different to me. And, you know, like you have to sort of, for, I have to force myself to sort of do it and let go of the, you know, this safety blanket and the security of, well, I know I like this person and I like to just spend more time with that person because we get on really well 
We always have a nice conversation. And I sometimes actually describe that as falling into the nice chat trap where you're just like, oh, yeah, it's like lovely. But I'm like, oh, but have I, am I better because of it? Or how useful was that conversation? Or have I just done more of the same? I feel like affinity bias gets you to quite a lot of more of the same, especially for somebody like me who has a gremlin around conflict and works quite hard to try and cage that gremlin. I think this is one that I actively seek to make happen. I don't think it would just happen, to your point. I wonder with all of these biases where you have... I feel like there's quite a lot of choice. Like, you've got to choose to try and challenge the bias, unless you are maybe naturally brilliant at this. And I don't think I am naturally brilliant, so I think it is definitely a choice for me. So in terms of increasing your awareness of how much this bias might be holding you back, what we would recommend is that you scan for similarity. So think about the 10 people you spend the most time with today. That could be in work and out of work. And then what you're scanning for is how similar are they to you across those different dimensions, you know, like the experiences, their ways of thinking, etc. Because if you are scanning for similarity and you're like, oh, interesting, we're all from a similar place, we're all doing a similar job, we all work for the same company, then it might be that, you know, without really realising it, affinity bias could be getting in the way of your growth. If you feel like you've got a lot of diversity and difference in those 10 people, this might not be the bias that's holding you back. But if you scan for similarity, you'll start to get some signals that can support you. And one idea for action that we've got for you, which is inside your organisation, and we're calling it escape your function, brackets for a bit so we're not saying you know don't spend time in your function but I think often you know sort of within the day-to-day I suspect a lot of people relate to that experience that Helen described of you know you see lots of the same people every week because of course you do it's part of your day job to build relationships with certain people maybe the people attracted to your function are more likely to be a bit like you that kind of may or may not be true but you might notice that maybe you've got some similar motivations or some similar values potentially And so actually just spending time with other people in other functions, I think can just help to open up your eyes to different points of view, different perspectives. It's a really good way to work your weak ties. And if I was going to do this, when I think back to my, I mean, I can't really escape my function, amazing if there's not really enough of us. (laughs) But if I think back to working in a bigger company, even just thinking about um, causes or campaigns I could get involved in internally, so things that I was passionate about, a bit more sort of volunteering, in a company was useful but just having a curious career conversation with oh do you fancy having a coffee with someone who was in procurement or someone who was in finance I always quite like getting a window into other people's world and I think it naturally helps you to sort of make sure you don't fall into that affinity bias too often. Also joining um, ERGs employee resource groups in a company would help you escape your function and sort of spend time with different people in the business. And the other thing you can do is spend time with different people outside of your organisation. So be kind of really conscious about the communities that you connect with, particularly because they're going to give you a window into other people's worlds. That could be being a trustee on a charity, which are things that Sarah and I have both done. It could be like a club, you know, like volunteering to spend time with a club that your kids are in if you've got kids. One of the things that I have done recently is I've joined a community as part of an initiative that Ernst & Young run for entrepreneurial winning women. So there is a point of similarity everyone on it is a woman and they all run a business. <laughs> but actually those businesses are very, very different and it's across EMEA. So you've got people running businesses in Africa, people running businesses in Europe, people running businesses in the Middle East, people running businesses like us in the UK. And these businesses are completely different. Some people, you know, there's a some person's got um, a gin business, for example. Someone runs a life sciences business. Some people run a career development company. I feel um, like we're the least interesting out of those three. <laughs> gin, maybe. saving lives, careers. Saving careers, <laughs> most 
wiggling with gin. With gin. <laughs> Maybe sometimes it is with gin. That is true. But what really helps me is just hearing just people's different experiences and how they've built their businesses and what they're driven by. And it really kind of gets me out of my world for a bit and reduces some of that natural affinity bias that I might not have even known I was building into my career, to be honest. It's really it's really made me conscious of that difference and how valuable it is. And I sometimes think when we suggest actions like this, it can feel hard or out of reach. Um, and maybe you listen to us and think, oh, well, it's okay for you. Maybe you're quite well connected. You've got people who are helping you to do these things. So I discovered a really brilliant website, which is gettingonboard.org. And we'll put the link to that in the show notes. And essentially, from what I've understood, like having a click around it, that company has been created and it's a charity to encourage people from different backgrounds, different levels of experience, kind of younger people to be a trustee, to get onto a board. And, you know, sometimes I think those things can just feel a bit like, oh, I'm not senior enough or our gremlins can get in our way. Um, and I was just reading that there's loads of useful resources, there's lots of opportunities and loads of boards do want, they are very mindful of we don't want more of the same. And so that might just be a good place to start if you're thinking about the outside of your organisation. So not just sort of escaping your function, but maybe it's more about escaping your industry for a while. Always remember as well, it's a bit of a marketing thing because that's the world that Sarah and I were in before we kind of moved into career development. But there's an organization called Pimp My Cause where you can kind of volunteer your marketing skills to support other organizations and they could be very, very different to the business that you might be in today. So again, that could be an interesting one to have a look at. So the next bias is confirmation bias. And this is when we search for and prioritize information that confirms our pre-existing views basically we reinforce what we already believe so you sort of decide and then I think you stay quite stubborn yeah is my sort of simple point of view on this and the career development challenges that creates is the bias leads to a bit of a blueprint for your career so you feel like there's a formula to follow perhaps something worked for you in the past and so you just think well I should just do that again so you're a bit on repeat here because you're like well this is what I must do. And you're maybe not open to other ways of doing it or other opportunities. So your past really informs your future. You also, I think, become really blinkered. So that reduces your adaptability and agility. Um, We talked recently about learning agility and how important that is. And then when you are blinkered, you make bad decisions because I think you just become too zoomed in, too fixed on, well, this is what it is. You know, almost like too attached to an idea or an outcome or this is what the answer is. And I do think certain people have more of a challenge with this than others. I was interviewing a lady called Cheryl Einhorn yesterday for one of our Ask the Expert episodes that's coming up on problem solving. And she talks about problem solving profiles and certain problem solver profiles are actually basically more likely to have confirmation bias. You know, they sort of go, well, it's this. And then they're sort of, they're relatively attached to it. So my hypothesis with Helen and I's profile is that Helen is less likely to have this challenge and I'll see whether she thinks the same from working with her and knowing a bit, she's not done her problem solving profile yet, I don't think, but listening to Cheryl, I was thinking, oh, I don't feel like this is much of a challenge for Helen, me a bit more. So with my profile, because I'm someone who cares and gets quite committed to things like ideas, I'll then do a very good job of influencing and persuading by sort of reinforcing why that idea is such a good idea, which is essentially being a bit stubborn. 
I would agree. <laughs> but no, but at, least, at least I'm open about it. At least I'm confronting the bias. <laughs> no, I'd also agree. I was trying to think, actually, do I think this bias holds me back? And I don't think it does, because if I think about my... It's not you. I think about my career, I, I can let things go quite easy. Yeah. I can do different things. So my progression, for example, in pumpkin companies wasn't always about promotion. Like I could do sideways moves quite happily. I left corporate life to go do Amazing If, and I didn't think that a certain progression had to look in one way. This is not... I have definitely other biases that hold me back, but I don't think this is this is my one. But I can see that kind of the reinforcing thing sometimes in you. Not always. I don't think this is a big one, a big one for you either. I think I know it. You know the sort of point about do you know the bias and then do you do something about it? So I think I always know that I have a tendency to do this, which I think is just helpful. You know, like the awareness just helps you to kind of try and break the bias or rebalance the bias. Mm. I do also think it's helpful to then spend time with someone who maybe has less of that bias. Because I just sort of see in you, you're sort of so flighty. <laughs> that you're a bit so like, true. you're a bit like, oh yeah, sure. Well, I've got like, an unconfirmation oh, yeah, bias. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I'm just going to do a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what about this? And you like newness. And you like freedom. And so that, I suppose, you know, when you watch different behaviour, you do learn by osmosis, right? You you learn and like, oh, that's what it looks like to just let go of something something that a minute ago you were trying to persuade me was like the best idea ever and then I'll sort of go oh I'm not sure or kind of what this like, yeah yeah sure I'm like okay well we're over that are we that's so true I get <laughs> it's really like very quickly <laughs> yeah well, I, I like I yeah I really don't I love um, it I love it I love it I'm done with it now yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like one day is that what's gonna happen to us I'm like she loves me and we work together and then one day she's literally gonna be like I'm over it and I'll be I'll be there, like, clinging on for, like, dear life for, like, years. Um, I can really imagine it. Yeah, right, okay. Talk about the awareness and action before I have a little breakdown. Awareness and action, awareness and action. So, awareness, what are your progression patterns? So, we're thinking about how might confirmation bias hold back your career. If you are repeating the same patterns for your progression, that is one thing to really watch out for. So, this is stuff like, you know, assuming that progression must equal promotion, for example. If that is a pattern in your career, you're like, that's the only way I feel that I can move forward. It's like that you're missing out on some opportunities. And the very clever Sarah, because I feel like she might need a bit of supportive reinforcement right now, has come up with a nice way of thinking about taking an action. Like if you spot you've got some progression patterns that might be holding you back, what we need to do is take some actions that are going to stop this kind of confirmation bias getting our way. Um, Sarah, would you like to talk through your, your lovely I creation? Would. I had a lot of fun actually creating <laughs> this. So I was reading some research about this. There's a really good Harvard Business School article about confirmation bias. And they said the opposite of confirmation is curiosity. So I was like, right, how could we actively be curious about kind of making sure that we don't have this confirmation bias? And I like the idea of playing devil's advocate with your own development and doing it in first person. So you're taking a bit of ownership for it. So let me just describe a couple of examples that I came up with, and maybe you'll recognize some of these and maybe you'll be able to come up with even more. So if you've got a confirmation bias that sounds like I need to move roles or maybe companies to progress in my career, Devil's advocate would sound like the way to accelerate my career is to stay where I am today and I am going to squeeze every last ounce of value from it. The devil's advocate is a bit cheekier in tone, by the way. <laughs> They're the same person, but I got I got cheekier and a bit more provocative. You know what's really funny is I can see Sarah today. We don't always record in the same room. But when she plays the devil's advocate, she puts her head on the side. Yeah, it's like it's, it's got a, a slightly sneaky. Yeah, it's got I like a it. sneaky tilt to the head. So my next one, confirmation bias. I need to go on a course to learn this skill. Whereas the devil's advocate would say, the worst way to learn this skill is to go on a course. I am going to learn by doing. 
very different. Last one, confirmation bias. To be successful in my career, I need to be a manager. And that's what everyone else does. Devil's advocate would say, the last thing I want to do is to manage people. Being successful doesn't look like being in charge of other people. Like, I definitely know that's true for some people. (laughs) There are people I know where I think they probably thought that first one. And then I I think that devil's advocate has definitely become their reality when they sort of understood the ins and outs of that. I think it's really, really helpful. Like the devil's advocate helps you to challenge your assumptions. And how often do we play that role for ourselves? But that gives you just a bit of permission, I think. Yeah, and I think I definitely, when I look back on some of my progression patterns, I actually had a real progression pattern. You might be like, oh, well, it's a good thing because you were sort of squiggly. I always like doing new stuff. So I was very like, oh, I always want new roles, things that people have not done before. And I'd be quite sniffy about like doing a job that someone had done before. Like I would have been like, oh, I don't want to do that. They did that. I don't want to go into someone else's shoes. And actually, if I think back to it, I'm like, well, if I'd have played devil's advocate, I could have said to myself, oh, well, the way to learn loads is to do something that someone's done before, take all of their learning and then just be even better at it. And you're like, yeah. Sometimes it is okay to go and do something other people have done before. You don't always need to be doing something new. And I think just having that little voice in your head, that little devil's advocate, I don't know, I think it might just help open up some opportunities for you. Well, you know as well, if you're a mentor or a manager or a coach, so basically someone who's got influence over someone else's career in some way, I think you could probably help them by playing devil's advocate. So if you yeah. can't, perhaps you can see that they've got a confirmation bias potentially getting in their way. Like, but what if... Like that would probably be your way into, but just know that you're kind of playing that devil's advocate for them if they can't do it for themselves. Ultimately, I think you want them to do it for themselves because that gives them a bit more ownership over yeah. this, but you, you kind of start that thinking process off. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So bias number three is recency bias. So this is when we believe that 
recent events that we've gone through provide a window for how things will play out in the future. And it's really when immediacy and nowness gets in our way. So we're kind of dismissing the past and what that's contributed towards our development. And we can just see kind of a very small slice of our squiggly career. And that can hold us back in quite a few different ways. So if you think about performance and career conversations, and I have been in conversations like this where I've both had recency bias and heard recency bias, (laughs) where the conversation is entirely about what's happened in the last week or the last month versus sort of a zoomed out view, maybe over the last year of, of how things have been going and how you've been doing in your in your world of work. It's sort of recency not reflecting reality. Also, when you see yourself in a very small way, you're maybe very zoomed into a particular project versus how you're doing in your job over a number of different projects or a number of different things that you're delivering. So I think recency bias definitely sort of makes the impact of you a bit, I think a bit smaller because you're just zoomed in so much. You sort of don't see the full picture, I suppose. I like this one because I feel like I have a bit less of this. I'm like, finally. Oh, I think I have this one. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. So I was like, finally, one that Helen has more of than I'm not I do. Very good at this. Well, you're so. It's you know, amazing. It's awful. And it's like, I lose perspective on it. Well, and also, it depends how present you are. Sometimes, you know, if you're very in the now and that's what sort of gives you a lot of energy, which it definitely does for you, then recency is like, what's, you know, that's what you sort of enjoy. It's like, what matters most today? Is like your question. Whereas I'm, I sort of, I'm very future orientated. I'm like, well, what's going to matter most in five years? But I think that sometimes helps me to then also reflect on the past. Well, you're reflective though, generally. Yes. I think yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah. You're reflective, and you've got a lot of perspective. And I think I am very like immediate. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely kind of plays into this bias a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I was smug. I was like, finally one. <laughs> finally one where I don't feel quite She's so bad a about myself. Of recency yeah. bias. <laughs> so what might help you if you are struggling a little bit more with this one? I actually, I think this comes up very commonly for loads of career conversations and feedback and all those sorts of things. So maybe practice asking yourself some questions that do reflect on the past. So it's sort of pressing pause, putting your thinker hat on, even if you're a bit more of a doer, and probably slightly slowing down to speed up. So the sorts of questions that might be helpful could be, what do you feel most proud of this year? As long as it's not like 2nd of January. Who has helped you the most in your career so far? And what moment have you learned the most from? So these are quite big zoomed out questions. You're going backwards. And also just it's it's prompting you to really think about, you know, lots of data for your development, probably rather than one data point that you really remember. And it's sometimes hard because we don't have very good memories. So sometimes it's quite hard to maybe think about these things. But I think if you ask the right question, it does some, unlock some helpful answers. Yeah, I agree. And it, I like these questions. I definitely almost have to look at, you know, what do you feel most proud of this year? Immediately, I go to something that's like in the last month. But then I'm like, yeah, of course I do. But then I actually kind of go, I almost kind of play back my diary in my head. And it would actually really help me to flick through my diary mm. to answer this. You know, with this kind of bias, I feel like you need a bit more data. Like if it's just yes. in my head, then I only have my short-term memory sort of play with. Yeah. So I would need to go through my diary and almost be like, what happened in... January this year and I'd be like oh I completely forgot that that was amazing and that would kind of help bring it to the fore a little bit more well we were even laughing like when we were uh, preparing I said oh who's helped you the most in your career so far Helen we like we check that you can answer these questions so what did you say well I said Sarah but to be fair she's in a room with me right now so I think that could just be recency (laughs) bias well that's what do you know what that's what I thought I was like oh that's literally recency (laughs) bias I was like I'm right here and it's like very we've spent the day together whereas (laughs) my head didn't go there well you didn't say me 
wasn't my first thought. Oh, you're so mean. <laughs> right, everyone. That's it. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, no, he wasn't. Well, I sort of went back to like previous managers and some directors, from some of them from quite a long time ago, where I was like, oh, if I, if I hadn't worked for that person, I don't think I would be where I am today. And there were a couple of really pivotal leaders who I feel very privileged to have spent time learning from and with. And I sort of go, well, those... Those were the people that sort of propelled me. They encouraged my ambition. And so you're the sort of the most important person. Don't worry, you're the most... She's, she's looking really upset. Yeah. <laughs> you're the most important person in my career. But have you helped me the most? But yes, if I think about recency. But if I was thinking about the whole of my career, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I think you'd be level pegging with a couple of other people. Well, I'm all right with that. But I also... <laughs> I'm all right with that. I don't... Oh, you, I don't you don't look I don't... Right. No, no, I'm reflecting, honestly. I'm... <laughs> This is what this is all about. But I I was reflecting on, if I hadn't like chummed up with Sarah, then I don't think I would have got a first on my degree because Sarah helped me do some stuff. That is true. That is true. And then I think that gave me the confidence to put myself forward for some positions at like Procter & Gamble and various things. So actually, I I think I can legitimately say, and I don't need that to be reciprocal, my love. Like, it's fine. I can can cope with a a lack of reciprocity. But I'm answering honestly. Let's move on to the action. (laughs) Move on to the action. Because now I feel bad. Yeah, so you've well, got good. A good she can she can sit with that badness bias. I don't, <laughs> that's not a thing, everyone. That's nothing. Uh, so the action here is to keep a development diary, which can support a sort of learn as you go approach. So rather than just remember what's in the moment, a development diary basically gives you some learning to look back on. And I am doing that at the moment. So um, back to that community that I mentioned, the um, kind of entrepreneurial winning women one, when we talked about affinity bias. That program is like a 12-month program. I've got lots of learning moments. And what I'm doing is being very, very intentional about keeping a development diary. So the sort of sessions that I'm in, presentations that I see, I'm capturing it in the moment and I'm using the... um, what I've learned, so what has it made me think, and now what am I going to do differently? I'm capturing that for each moment. And it's really, really helpful. Rather than just going, wasn't today amazing? I'm able to kind of see that all of that learning with a bit more perspective because I've kind of captured it and I'm able to look back on it. So you can, you know, that's a particular program that I'm in, but you could do this as part of a particular role that you're in. Like you can keep a development diary for kind of each month you're in a role or each week you're working on a project. It just helps you zoom out a little bit and capture, like I said, capture that data rather than just having what's what's in your head right now. And I think you don't always have to do this, but what's smart about what Helen has done for that development diary is she has sort of made that commitment to doing it and then has shared it. So, you know, it sort of like holds you to account a bit. The other thing that's interesting, because I was doing a bit of research on this, is, and I'm somebody who doesn't journal or write diaries, so I was like, oh, I'd find, I would find this action quite hard because I don't like too much structure around my thinking. But there is a good argument for trying to do this online in a way that is searchable. So let's say you were like, oh, I want to search how many times I use the word mistake moment or reflection or whatever it might be there are so many really interesting tools that are sort of designed exactly for being a development diary though most of them kind of go slightly broader than that so there's quite a few that are like you know wellness or habits or those kind of things so one that I found which I do like is reflection.app and you know Holsty yeah it's the founders of Holsty who've done it so I always liked them so I liked their brand and then they sort of so this is just tech for creating a development diary yes yeah, got it on my phone to see I did actually, I've actually have done Have you done it. some reflection um, in your diary? Yeah, but also in this reflection diary thing, I wrote, look, development diary. I can't actually show Helen. She's actually showing me some stuff. It's not really work for audio, audio just, <laughs> usually we can never see we each other. We could just be pretending, but she is genuinely showing um, something. 
And so they have these um, mini diaries from other people that you can borrow and like put into your into your diary. So for example, I just I just picked one from someone I'd heard of. Set your time free with Jenny Blake. And I'd heard of Jenny Blake because she did the work did on pivots. Pivot? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just loads of really good coach yourself questions. What are your biggest strengths and energizers? What bottlenecks are getting in the way of expressing these? Consider the Fiji test. If anyone on the team were to get whisked away for three weeks with no access to devices or ability to give notice, could a stranger seamlessly step into the work? So just like and, and I was like, no. <laughs> was like, and it really made me think. I mean, I could, everyone. She thinks she's irreplaceable. But oh, no, not me. I... <laughs> it was more, if I had to do the work. No, no, I was oh. like, oh, I'm clearly, I was like, I'm by far the most replaceable. I'm the least of anyone's worries. This is worries. not true. This um, is not true. I think it might be quite true day to day, though. Like, let's be like, yeah, but day to day, but true. not the growth um, business beyond where it is day to day. What stops you from doubling what you delegate? Are there areas of life or work where you delegate better than others? So I was just like, oh, you know, when you sometimes doubt the quality, maybe if you're skeptical like me. And I was like, oh, how how good is this really going to be? So what's this called? We'll put it in the pod sheet, everybody. But it's Um, reflection.app. You can literally freestyle and just like write your own text. And so you could just create your own development diary. And then you can sort of add in and ignore depending on how broad and how wide you want to go. Good discovery there, I thought. So I think, yeah, play with it. I think I find it useful to do it around specific moments in time rather than every day. But if you're like, you know, if you want to regularly reflect a little bit more, that's those kind of diaries, those apps sound like a really a really good tool to use. So just a bit of a recap then. We have talked about three biases that might hold your career development back. We started with affinity bias. Then we talked about confirmation bias. And that last one we just talked about was recency bias. We will create the summary for you in pod sheets so you get kind of that one line on what is this bias? How does it hold me back? and what can I do differently so that'll all be there for you to download and take action with so that's everything for this week we hope you found that helpful if you ever have any ideas for topics that you'd like us to cover or guests that you'd really like to hear from please get in touch with us we're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com otherwise that's everything for this week as always thank you so much for listening we really appreciate you rating reviewing subscribing i love seeing the little stars but what i love even more are the reviews where you tell us what's good about the podcast and also any even better riffs because it keeps us really motivated and also helps us to know that we're being useful every week not just to each other across <laughs> across a room talking about our biases so we may or may not be together next week depending on whether helen forgives me or not but uh, that's everything for now see you all soon we'll see bye everyone <laughs> bye, bye everyone Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.